Ernest, what's up? Y'all know I'm big on doing your research, sharing your research, and giving credit to where you found the research. But I always get asked the same question. Where do I start with the research? And the answer is easy. It's our sponsor, Yahoo Finance. Whether I'm tracking the daily movement of my favorite companies, doing technical analysis with their easy-to-use charting platform, or checking balance sheets, Yahoo Finance makes something very complex simplified. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. Whether you're a seasoned investor or you're looking for extra guidance, Yahoo Finance gives you all the tools and data you need in one place. They're the number one finance destination producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and so much more. You could actually securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including your 401k and other investments. A comprehensive perspective is what sets apart great investors. And it's how Yahoo Finance ensures you have the insight to look at your wealth in its entirety. With a community of over 90 million users each month, their real strength is helping you on your way to financial success. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com. The number one financial destination. That's yahoofinance.com. You heard me, yahoofinance.com. Don't wait, don't hesitate. I use it. You should go over there and start using it now. Actually, you were saying that, um, so... You was talking, telling me like the steps now. You have to find an architect, and you have to. Can you talk about that? Because like it's one thing. All right, so you get the land, you get the you get the families. Everybody agrees to it. But now you just have a hundred acres. It's a lot so of money. You, <laughs> it's a lot of money. Don't let that this go. Yeah. The step. The step is to amass as much money as you can. Right. So listen, it literally starts with buying the land. That's the easiest first. That's the easiest part is buying the land setting up the LLC so that we could buy the land. We did that two days. That's easy. The harder parts are spending that money on the uh, photographical survey to, to find out what the topography is mm-hmm. and whether or not you can build. Uh, if it's too steep here, that means you Soil can't samples. build here. Soil samples, um, percolation tests, water testing, mm-hmm. environmental testing, environmental impact fees. There's always another step. And then because we have such a massive project, it's not just 100 acres. Like to be a city, we need at least 640 acres, a square mile radius. So you constantly like, okay, that means we got to acquire more land. Uh. So you have to negotiate the next conversation with the neighbors like, hey, neighbor, can I get your land so that we can get this puzzle piece going so that we can eventually have enough of the requirements met to push a charter through the legislature. So if, if this is like building blocks, this is just the first piece. This you have to still get a few more pieces to make it a city. Yeah, absolutely. Got you, got you, got you. And the people, because you got to have right. at least 200 residents. And th- so every little thing is strategic. And even the politics of it all, making yeah. sure that Wilkinson County knows that we're here to help uplift them. Like we're not, we're, we're here to add value to the county if we can attract more people to the area, that means Toomsboro, Gore, and Ivy, all of those people, Dublin, they get to benefit from that economic development, too, of now having more people in the area. So there's so many different things. But technically, yes, you have to get a civil engineer. 
from the civil engineer. He's going to just do like, OK, this is your roads. This is your setbacks. This is your stormwater runoff. This is your wastewater management. A wastewater management system, state of the art, can cost a million dollars. Wow. Mm. And that's if you're doing it like top of the line and you're trying to be eco-friendly. And that's our goal. Our goal is to build the best. And so taking the time to research and find like who is the best, who is the person that can create as a black person? Because we want because sometimes I I want to put it this way, because I think we have enough talent to do everything ourselves. But sometimes the people who are most qualified might not be black. So then we have to look at, well, what does that look like when we have to go to an ally and say, hey, can you partner with this subcontractor or this sub vendor so that we can fit some black people onto the project? Because y'all the only ones who can do it. Because that's all of the types of things that we're navigating. Even when we talk about, we're going to have to put homeowners insurance on every single house that we build in Freedom. We would love to be able to put a black homeowner's insurance be the writer, the person who writes the policy. Not the person who writes the policy, but the actual insurance agency. We don't have a black-owned insurance agency. We got Geico, State Farm. Ain't no black ones. So that's the kind of stuff that we're always thinking about. When it comes to this journey of building a community that meets all of our needs and that is pro-black and allows us to really support black businesses in that way, because we that's what, what our goal is. Every step of the way, we want to put black businesses on. And so looking at how do we do that? How do we hire the best civil engineer, the best city planner? Because after you hire the civil engineer, he lays out the roads. Now somebody's got a plan. OK, the subdivision is going to go here. This subdivision is going to go there. This is where the agricultural goes. This is where the industrial goes. And if we don't want to have polluted air, we might need to move industry way over here. If we need the you know, wastewater management and we, how can we utilize permaculture so that everything's regenerative? Like we having those kinds of conversations. So I feel this is like, you know, Sims. That's crazy. That's why we that brothers, was, man. I'm thinking the same exact thing. Shout out to Mike. Mike used to kill that game. That was my favorite. That's a fact. We used to catch him in the computer room in eighth grade. I, that was my favorite. That was my right? favorite right? game. <laughs> that felt, but so in Sims, if anybody's not familiar, Sims was a video game back in the days. It was a computer game where you can build your own city. Yeah. Uh, so this sounds like it reminds me of Sims. So in your brain, all I want to get all of your, your opinions on this. How do you envision your city looking? Like right now, it's, it's just land. But in a perfect world, if everything goes perfect, which never nothing ever goes perfect, but how what's your blueprint in your brain that you want a bank, you want a school, you want what do you what, what do you what do you envision in the in the community? All of the above. All of the above. <laughs> As I say, y'all hit it. That All of the above. And yeah. everybody's got a different vision. Like when I think because I, at the end of the day, I'm a realtor, so I always kind of go back to the real estate. So I'm like, it's gonna be different subdivisions, some kinds of because I don't never want to live nowhere where every house look the same. But some people like the uniformity of every house in my subdivision to look the same. And when I think about building freedom, I want people to have choices. I think that's what right. freedom is genuinely about. So True. if we got the misers that's like, look, I want a little subdivision where I can have my RV. We're going to put them way in the back. You, can have, you know what I mean? Like, I see having different communities, different vibes. Um, where we're not all on top of each other because it's rural and it's beautiful. Yeah. We've got a lot of wildlife, lots of animals. We don't want to run animals. them off. We want to be as eco-friendly and as environmentally and naturally in harmony as we can because mm-hmm. the land is just gorgeous. So, like, I, it won't be a whole bunch of skyscrapers or none of that because mm-hmm. the rural beauty of this scenic landscape is the selling point. Uh, real quick, because uh, I'm thinking, like, even when you said the waste management uh, piece of it, uh, yes, eco-friendly, 
But as you're building it, are you building it for the 97 acres first? Or are you building it with the intent that, yo, we're going to acquire more land? Is that what the, the, the yeah, vision is? Yeah, we absolutely are doing it with the intent to acquire more land. Got you, got you. And the other part was, you said 200 people have to live there. How many uh, acres does it have to be? So, technically, because uh, uh, we're still under the jurisdiction of Wilkinson County. Yeah, so like, is, it, is it a state mandate or is, is it a county mandate? So, it's a county mandate, typically. Okay. But So, we th- this is raw, right? So, they don't have everybody out there in this area that... They told us, we thought Toomsboro was the boondocks. They told us where we bought land was the boondocks. <laughs> right. They were like, oh, you in the boondocks. I was like, sir, you think we... <laughs> so, <laughs> <It's everything>. Wait, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> so they're, they're on well, they're on septic right now. So county code means that anybody who builds there has to have at least an acre, a, mi- a minimum of an acre to put your well and your septic tank on for your home. A what like a water well? A water well, water like well. you got a drill. Yeah, we from New, yeah, we from New York, so that's portal. That's <laughs> like what is that? <laughs> Tell me about it. Yeah, and so, <laughs> excuse me. So we do have you know awesome technology. Like I all everywhere I go, like I shout out to Moses West. He has mm. atmospheric water generation technology that literally separates the hydrogen and oxygen particles from the air to generate gallon, thousands of gallons a day. His technology is a piece of technology that they utilized in Puerto Rico to bring fresh water to Puerto Rico after mm. the hurricane hit. Mm-hmm. So like we have black excellence all around us. And so being able to implement those kinds of technologies is what we want to do. We want That's why when I wrote my black uh, Blavity piece, my opt-ed, I said, we can have Wakanda. Like, we really can. Like, the sky is not even the limit. Like, Mm -hmm. anything Mm -hmm. we can conceive, we can create. And there are so many people already out here doing it, doing it dope, like doing some dope things. So being able to attract those kinds of resources and those kind of people has been the most exciting part about it, and which is one of the reasons why we went public. Because everybody always talk about, you know, on conversations on social media, like, "Ah, people talk too much. Y'all should have kept it to yourself. And I'm just like, but we would not have inspired a generation, people all over the world. We wouldn't have been able to attract the resources. People like, look, I will help you do this because they want to see this succeed because we had so many black cities that were burnt down, Mm -hmm. completely destroyed for no reason other than white aggression and jealousy and misdirection. And so... This is a chance to for our ancestors do something that can honor them because they were so talented. They had so many dreams, so many prayers. Yeah. And to be the answer to those prayers is what this moment is about. So I'm going to ask all three of you a question. And Ash, I've heard you speak about it before, but the importance, and you use the word, a safe haven for black families. What does that look like? And how does that come about? I, I guess all three of you can answer, really. Uh-huh. Sure. Um. All right. So growing up, like I'm from New York too, and we used to have uh, the Pledge of Allegiance. This is this is what I was saying on the Zoom, but the Zoom, mm-hmm. the, the audio went out a little bit. Pledge of, of Allegiance. You stand to your feet. You put your hand over your heart. You turn to the flag. All right. I'm gonna spare you the words, but at the end, it says, "Liberty and justice for all." And that wasn't really reflected in my neighborhood. I was a little confused growing up. You know, like every day you brainwashing us to say this, but that's not what I'm seeing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where's the liberty and justice for all, the all part, you know? So I guess I started my path to just kind of go down and, and have it make sense for me eventually. 
you know so networking that's how i became an entrepreneur you know it, it just it didn't feel right you know going and making somebody else rich and you know getting the peanuts and not really getting the 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 respect that i needed like i'm running this company you mm-hmm. know so just trying to put, make that make sense you know so I do that with my family, with my friends, with people I meet, strangers, you know, because that's the change I want to see in the world. So I, I, I live that, you know. So that's what that looks like for me. People that have a vision that may not have the support that they may, that they may need. You know, it's tough being an entrepreneur. Y'all know. You know how many my, man. <laughs> he just had a flashback. My, my mom still wants me to be a pilot to this day. <laughs> to this day. Sorry, mom. It's not happening. You know, but, but. For those people who need that support, that's all it takes. You know, you have a vision. You may not have the little components that you may need, but your neighbor might have it. Your, your cousin's friend might have it. You know, somebody you went to high school with might know somebody. You know, get that network together, right? And then you can achieve that, you know. But the, the key thing with that is getting the right mindset. So we don't want that kind of mindset in our, in our land, in our world, you know. Mm-hmm. That mindset is everything. It is everything, you know. If you think you can or you think you can't, you're probably right. Both right. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I got to thank Ashley again for, you know, we talk even before this, you know, offline about a lot of different entrepreneurial experiences and, and things that we wanted to do. But it's because of the mindset. I wouldn't have conversations I have with her with, you know, my neighbor who doesn't have the mindset for it. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's the kind of people that we want to see. That's the, that's the safe haven. When we say the safe haven, it's not only from police and Things of that nature, but it's from all forms of oppression. Oppression is not just police, you know, that could be negative vibes from a spouse or from a loved one or from your boss or from your neighbor, your parents or from whoever, mm-hmm. you know. So a place where you can feel free to, to experience life and you don't have to worry about that kind of stuff and you can really focus on your dream and your mission, you yes. know. So, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because we're going to be needing a lot of help. So, we're here to, here today too to reach out you know like you know people of like minds if this is something that speaks to your soul speaks to your spirit please reach out to us yeah. you know please reach out to us well, and, a, safe, and a safe haven for me um you know similar to what you guys were saying as well you know i have a, I have a um, eight-year-old son and a nine-year-old nephew that stay with me and everything and, for, and it's like you know they get to go outside and not have to worry about microaggressions from you know a, a neighbor who doesn't understand their culture you know riding down the street on their bike and oh he might be too close to the car so now he's calling the police or throwing rocks or something like that and, you know, they can really just be free, like literally be free. Not, you know, you go outside and you don't have to worry about where they're at. I mean, you're going to want to know, you know, just because, but you don't have to worry about where they're at. Like really worry. Because I remember when my dad was in the military. I used to leave the house at 8 o'clock in the morning and not show up until noon. Like no one, no one ever worried about where I was. I mean, my parents never showed the interest. I mean, they, I mean, they showed the interest, but they weren't worried. I know they weren't worried. Mm-hmm. And so that's what the safe haven is for me. And also this whole land, you know, this whole experience is not just a safe haven. It's more of um like retribution, like we're getting land back. We're taking land that was taken away from people in my family from years ago. Like I'm like, as this is becoming, you know, as, as I'm getting more involved with this, you know, I'm talking to my family members and knowing more because they know I'm involved with this. And they're telling me stories of things that happened to them, you know, in the 40s and the 50s, how land was literally just taken from them. Like, like you know what, this is not yours anymore. I'm taking it. You can't do anything about it. You know, so I'm like, wow, I didn't even like, I had no idea this even happened in my family. But now I'm learning about the history of my family and not just mine. It's so many people in the South who have land, like literally, Taken from them, You're like just be, just because they were black, no other reason than that. Just because you're black, I want this land. It's mine now. So all these, like you know, especially in Concord, Georgia, you know, it's owned by one family, but that one family literally was taking land away from black people. It was like it was wild. Like my generation's a part of that. Like my cousin, one of my older cousins, remember, he literally remembers the house burning down because they burned it down in order to get that land. Like it was that serious. So it was like, wow. I had, I mean, 
I had no idea. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? None, none of these conversations were had just because, you know, they, they kind of wanted to get rid of those memories. And now this is kind of brought them back up. And like I told them, like, you know what, I'm going to speak for you guys. I'm going to make sure that, you know, people know your story. And I'm just, this land is for y'all, too. So you can come over here and get some red dirt, play wherever you want to do. You know, so that's, 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 amazing, that's how it is for me as well, as well. Yeah, just going through that process, discovering that. And now, yes, look how it's turned. That's crazy. That's amazing. Hey, actually, let me ask you this. Because this sounds like a very costly project as far as, like, you said even the sewage system like a million dollars. So, can you get loans for this type of project? Yes, or we can get loans can for get this kind the, of project. Can you talk about like how how, how does somebody <laughs> get a loan for a, something that's not built? Like, well, how does that work? Like, yeah. So, I mean, first of all, we're in rural land, so we get USDA opportunities for our agricultural development. USDA loans. We haven't talked about that yet, but that's something that people should be very very aware of. Aware of. Especially if you're talking about building a house in the rural area, that's a zero down payment. You know. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Yeah, USDA? Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, sure. So um, the United States Department of Agriculture pretty much guarantees that through you, you go through a, a bank, your traditional bank, you let them know that I'm purchasing in this area. It's similar to like even a VA loan. You qualify for a VA loan by being a honorably discharged veteran um, or you could be still in the armed forces, but it's a zero down loan and our federal government backs those loans. So if you didn't pay it, they would be responsible for it. So the um, threshold for requirements are a little lower than traditional conventional loans. So that's why you're able to get that loan at zero down versus having to put your 20% down because the government backs it. You go through a regular bank, you can go through a land bank or what's known as an agricultural bank, a credit union, and you just say, hey, I want to purchase this land in this rural area. It does have to qualify based on the zip code it's in, but if it does meet those qualifications and you meet certain qualifications, then you'll be able to purchase it through their zero down program. Oh, oh. So, so you got the USDA loans, and any other type of like regular banks, they, they can loan, they'll loan money as well? Yeah, absolutely. And so the key is to have a good credit score. Make sure the people, if, if you're talking about getting a loan for your business, everybody in the business needs to also have good credit. So credit is essential. It's the essential thing in this game is making sure that credit score, everybody should be shooting for at least a 700. I would love to see 800s. But the reality is the thing that keeps a lot of people from progressing in life is the ability to leverage credit. And the way that you leverage credit is by having that credit score. And you have to show those income streams. You need to be able to show that you have cash flow and revenue streams coming in so that you can get as much credit as you possibly can. So right now we're at that place because we're a brand new business. It's hard for us to get traditional credit right now without having assets uh, and to show that we got income streams. We don't have income streams yet because we're building a town. Yeah. So that we have to take the route of working with a hard money lender. Mm. And that's private money that has a little less stringent underwriting. So there's a million ways to skin a cat. The most important thing is to make sure that your credit score is as high as it possibly can be. And so that leads me to um, I'm a brand ambassador for a black owned, not black managed credit um, and business financing and funding company called Nove Money. And so that organization actually helps people to increase their credit score, helps them to establish business credit and access funding, because that's what we need to actually be able to build our businesses mm -hmm. is that good credit and that 
uh, access to capital. And since venture capitalists traditionally are still not funding black businesses, especially women, <laughs> like the, all of the research is dismal. Even now, even after all these people came out and said black lives matter, we ready to support y'all. Nothing has changed in the venture capitalist space. So we have to have this ability to access money through our black banks like Unity Bank, like Citizens Trust Bank, um, One United Bank. Having those relationships, Unity Bank, um, and that credit score, because they can only do so much. Like you can't go to the bank without no income streams and without and with poor credit. So it's up to us to make sure that we're educated, we're financially educated, that we understand the entire credit pie. Because the reality is you could have missed a few payments. That's not the only way to increase your credit score. You can increase your credit score by opening additional lines of credit. You can increase your credit score by making sure your oldest line of credit doesn't close, that you keep that open forever. History. Your history. Like mm -hmm. there's these pieces to the pie that we have to become more educated about. And when we are able, every 800 creates 100,000 of leverage. So when, when you and, shout out to Renee, because Renee's been emailing me back and forth. Shout out to her. When you and Renee were, quote unquote, drafting, is that some of the criteria? You were like, listen, guys, if you, if you want to be part of this, this is the, the no. no, I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> that was an afterthought like, that, oh. that now we have to contend with. Yeah, like, that land first. Yeah, we, <laughs> I, I'm a real estate agent. I'm like, look, we just going to get this land. <laughs> like, <laughs> who got the after? bread? Like, I was like, who got this check? And so everybody came up with the bread we bought our land. Like, so, so no, in that case, no. We do have we do have some people in our, our collective that has exceptional credit. Yeah. We have some people who have challenge credit. I have, I'm just now getting to the place where I'm not so challenged, you know, like yeah. <laughs> it's a journey and we have to just be honest and have these kinds of conversations mm -hmm. because it's not impossible. You just have to have the right education, the right partners and accountability partners are everything. People like Kevin, when he started talking about his credit score, I'm like, I got to get my game up. Got <laughs> 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 to make sure I got yeah. my little self together. I'm like, I, I want to be able to go get my RV too. <laughs> like, so those are conversations that you have with, you know, like we keep saying like-minded individuals, yeah. we go further, faster together. And that credit is everything. Yeah. And I, I think it's, it's dope because you are, you're growing together, but you're also educating each other. Right. So That's you didn't it. come in with that, that education, but now everybody's on the same plan and everybody's educating each other. I, I want to go back to, to the, the land because I, I, I heard and I read the first thing that you guys are doing is building out the agriculture and the farming. You talk about why that's so important. Yeah, um, I mean, food is everything. Like, we watch enough Walking Dead. <laughs> Stop playing with me, y'all. We watch enough Walking Dead and enough of these Hollywood shows to know when it all goes down and this fiat money start crashing, what we gonna need mm. to eat and some water. <laughs> so that's why farming comes first around here. Now, granted, we've been doing more events first because that's just a revenue stream that's quick and easy camp out events. We got dope musicians in our collective. My husband's a musician. Um, our friend Q is a dope songstress. Um, my pastor and first lady are dope um, are, uh, ministry and worship leaders. So we have dope events. Like mm. our jam sessions be lit. So like events are one of the first things that we've been doing because that's like the lowest cost barrier 
that we can start generating revenue from. Just need the land. Because you just need the land, <laughs> yeah. right? And so is, is that what the, the big black uh, camp out is? Yeah, and we, we mm-hmm. thank y'all great. for coming to the big black <laughs> camp out. Yeah, let's talk about it. Like, because <laughs> I'm like, yo, camping? You want to get some people camping? That's, it was a lot of people. People came from all over the country. Yeah, so t- tell everybody what it is. So the Big Black Camp Out is our annual event where we are encouraging black families to get outdoors. We hashtag diversify outdoors because there's an entire black camping culture. Like shout out the Melanated Camp, Black Urban Camp Weekend. It's so many black girls camp. Like this, we we be outside, we be doing stuff. Like, <laughs> like I don't know why everybody try to act like we not out here getting this fresh air and living our best life in nature and outdoors because we do. And so we had really cool people, outdoorsmen, sportsmen, and just regular folk who had never been camping before, who would have never went camping if it wasn't a group event. Because it's like. You know, like, I'm not going out there with no bears and boars. They got the boars out there for real. Yeah, we literally got wild turkey, wild boar, wild deer. And, you know, but camping together collectively, it was so dope. People really enjoyed it. And people brought their their RVs. Like, it was so fun. And we, we had music. We had live performances. We had the vendors out. We really just enjoyed ourselves, and we're gonna do it every year. It's gonna just get bigger and better. People were so comfortable; they literally slept outside on the yeah, on the ground. Yeah. When, when was it? When was it? On uh, Labor Day, right? On Labor Day weekend. Yeah. Are we talking like campfires and all that? Yeah, yeah all, all of that. that. Everybody made their own campfire. And that, that was that was a fundraiser to to have yeah. the funds. Yeah. 